I love a good podcast, as you know, and I'm always happy to share resources for parents who are looking for creative, smart content that both entertains and offers enrichment for curious kids everywhere. So I'm happy to let you know about this awesome new show from the creators of the hit kids podcast, Who Smarted, and Netflix's Brainchild, The Adventurous World of Mysteries About True Histories, affectionately known as Math. Every episode follows Max and Molly, who have just been recruited into a secret order of problem solvers on an adventure through time, packed with puzzles, hidden equations, history, and laughs. The series explores themes that kids like ours love, like the stories behind math, critical thinking, code breaking, pattern solving, and more. And episodes transport kids into iconic periods in history like Pythagoras's Ancient Greece, the era of the Aztecs, Sir Isaac Newton's England. So cool. New episodes drop every Thursday and are about 15 minutes long, a perfect length for those car rides, for meal times, for break times, and bedtimes. What I love about this show is that it's kind of like listening to a book on tape. The story is captivating and includes lots of problems listeners can try to solve. The voice actors are fantastic, and the math concepts are seamlessly weaved into the narrative. It's exactly the kind of show Ash would have loved a few years ago, especially during our homeschool years, because finding that perfect blend of entertaining and educating, it isn't always easy. So tune into Mysteries About True Histories with your kids. You can follow and listen on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your pods. Thrivers are made, not born. Once you realize you have power and control over this, mom and dad, it means you're going to change your whole parenting outlook because you realize, my gosh, what a gift I can give my child. The greatest gift because he's going to use this the rest of his life. Welcome to Tilt Parenting, a podcast featuring interviews and conversations aimed at inspiring, informing, and supporting parents raising differently wired kids. I'm your host, Debbie Reber. My guest for this episode is internationally recognized educational psychologist, Dr. Michelle Borba. She also happens to be a friend of mine, and she is fantastic. Michelle is one of those guests I've been wanting to bring on to the show for a while now, so I am thrilled to finally have her on. And it could not come at a better time. Her new book, Thrivers, The Surprising Reason Why Some Kids Struggle and Others Shine, is packed with simple strategies, practical ideas, and step-by-step advice to help kids thrive. And it is the book we all need right now. If Michelle's name is familiar, it may be because she's a regular contributor to the Today Show and is the author or co-author of a number of best-selling parenting books, including The Big Book of Parenting Solutions, 12 Simple Secrets Real Moms Know, Unselfie, and more. In this conversation, Michelle and I talk about what it takes for a child to thrive looking at seven particular character traits, and explore what we as parents can do to help our child develop the resilience they need to become self-actualized adults. Yes, even in spite of a global pandemic. I loved having this conversation with Michelle and the energy and optimism she brings to this moment in time. I hope you enjoy it too. And now here is my conversation with Michelle. Hello, Michelle. Welcome. Welcome. Welcome to the Tilt Parenting Podcast. Oh, thank you. I'm so glad to be here. I'm so excited to talk about your amazing new book. It's so good and it's so timely for right now. But before we get into that, I always have guests tell me a little bit about their story 
And you have such an incredible career and an incredible body of work. But I would love to hear about kind of your why, your personal why for the work that you do in the world. My personal why is probably 40 years back. I started out as a special education teacher. And I always worried, as we all do, about some kids because they were facing such adversity. But I kept seeing that some of them were struggling a little less, even though they all seemed to have very much difficulties. And along the way, I worked in almost every grade level, and uh, I began to see the same thing. But Debbie, my I had to write this book was when I started doing interviews of teens just prior to the pandemic. And I asked them point blank, a hundred of them on one-on-one interviews. I hear you're the most stressed out generation on record. What's causing it? Every kid said we are. And every kid said, we feel like we're running on empty. I said, why? And many of them said, it's, I think it's because we feel like we're being raised as products, not human beings. And we're missing the skills on how to be humans. That's when I realized they're missing the skills on how to thrive. And that's what our kids need. Yes, so much. And just this idea of resilience seems to be this elusive quality, I think, that we're all chasing. And I, we're talking about it so much now because we're wondering what what does this pandemic mean? Um, is it going to result in a more resilient generation? And that's why, again, I just feel like your book is so timely. And I will also just say that you had said you were done writing books when your last book came out. So, um, But this book just had to be written. This was such an extreme pressing need driven by kids that I had to. The other thing I kept seeing, Debbie, is that this thing on on resilience is uh, really being touted to us as a myth. It's not scientifically based. And so we're going the wrong framework. We all want a resilient kid. There's no doubt about that. But what I saw was what the science says on how to produce one based on what we were doing were just in odds. Mm -hmm. And the second thing, probably most important is we weren't realizing that it's not tied into IQ or GPA. It's not part of your DNA. Resilient children are made, not born. Then when I broke it down and looked at these incredible longitudinal studies, I mean, phenomenal studies that have looked at the same kid for 40 years who overcame obstacles. They, uh, what I began to do is pull all the character traits they said they had. I've looked at really about seven, the most amazing studies. And I began to see, wow, they have some commonalities here. So I zeroed in on, here's the seven most critical traits. They seem to be the seven ones that our kids right this moment need. And then figured out the three abilities in each one that are teachable and then found family-friendly ways to weave them into our homes so we're not going to overwhelm ourselves. So we all raise kids who can thrive without us someday. That's the goal. Well, and what I loved about your book too was, you know, as the parent of a differently wired child, and I know my listeners will relate to this, so many parenting books that are kind of more mainstream, they weren't written for parents whose kids are atypical we often feel as if they're not speaking to us or, you know, what's suggested, it would not work for my family. And I completely did not have that experience reading your book. I just felt like, yes, this this all speaks to me. I love that you talk about that these kids are made, not born. And, you know, that this is something that we as parents can have so much influence over really helping our kids move forward from that strengths perspective and really know themselves well. And so it just fit in so nicely with the philosophy of, of what I do at Tilt. 
That's exactly what I was hoping. I was really also hoping to uh, prove that we can make a difference, that every child has the ability to shine in their own way. Uh, my favorite thing was was not only going into classrooms that are doing it and finding uh, uh, proof that you can. So each chapter starts with a story that I'm really there from the most amazing story was a Beirut refugee camp. And I'm going, my gosh, if they can do it, we can do it. Mm-hmm. But also finding stories about real kids who had enormous obstacles like Jim Abbott. Uh, Michael Phelps, uh, who has ADHD, but his mom found him a swimming pool. And that's where he said he could he could shine. If we keep going about breaking those myths and say, hey, we can do it. We've just got to go the path of where our child is, figure out who they are. That's how we're going to make the difference and then help them learn a few of these little skills along the way. That's the the real takeaway here. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about the the term thrivers even. So I'm just going to recap here. The book is called Thrivers, The Surprising Reasons Why Some Kids Struggle and Others Shine. And you use this term thrivers to describe kids who have what it takes to do well in the world. Yeah. So how would you define a child who's thriving? I think it's a kid who's really got that kind of, I got this kind of a kid. He's got agency. He can go his own way. He's kind of ready for life, whatever gets him down. He can pick up, you know, brush himself off, pick up the pieces and keep on going. And the only way you're going to get there is with two things. He's got some protective factors, those abilities that Thrivers has, and also that parent. That parent who says, you do have this, I'm there for you, but you go, sweet bye. You put those two together, that's the win-win formula. Will you walk us through these um, seven traits? You know, we don't have time to go into depth in each one, but even just kind of share, because I think they are all critical. And I think they are all things that we as, as parents, no matter how our child is wired, can play a really active role in helping our kids develop. And at any age, that's the other thing. Makes no difference. So don't you say it's too late or it's too early. Neither one work in terms of thrivers. I picked seven. The seven traits also work to helping kids develop strong hearts, minds, and will. So number one is self-confidence. That's a child who knows who he is, who his personal strengths are, what brings him joy that needs to be instilled. The second one is empathy. Because what we now know is the single greatest way to help our kids have strong mental health is relationships, which is tough in a social distance world. So we need to cultivate that one up a little bit. And there are ways. Then comes the qualities of mind, self-control. We've got to figure out how to help our kids buffer that stress, manage the anxiety at the level they can. That's doable. Then comes integrity, because I am so concerned about making sure, regardless of these other strengths, if you don't have integrity, that's the strength that's going to help a child know, I can't do this or I can do this because that's my code that mom has instilled in me. That's going to take a lot of pressure off if you can point the path. Uh, Curiosity. I love that one because I found that that's the strength that gives our kids an open-mindedness, not only to people, but to ideas and helps them keep on going. That builds that strength. The final ones are perseverance, so you don't stop, you keep on going. And then the one that every kid needs, an adult needs right now, is optimism and hope. The key that I found fascinating is that every parent always said, so which is the most important strength? It isn't. It's the one that really drives your child. But the key to keep in mind is that there's a multiplier effect. If you add any two strengths together, it increases the odds of success. So if you put perseverance plus curiosity together, oh my gosh, you've got a mindset of an innovator. You put 
self-control plus perseverance, he's not going to quit. He's going to keep on going. We've made resilience too often as a one-trait program when in reality, there's a multiplier. If you put them together, boy, that just boosts the odds. And it really is like building a muscle, right? Like these are things that we can get momentum over time. So, you know, I think so many of us, you know, we might be listening to these traits and like, oh my gosh, like this does not describe my child at all. And how do I get them from where they are now to where they are? But this is something that we can cultivate. Exactly. And you you said one thing over time that is a fabulous phrase, because the other thing, it's not one time lecture at six o'clock, but I told him to have empathy. Why isn't he doing it? You keep stretching your child. The other part is in the introduction before you even get going. It has a three-page checklist so you can identify who my child is, which of his strengths does he already have, which abilities does he need, and then each of the strengths is, is broken down into the three skills that science says are teachable with dozens of activities throughout Thrivers age by age mm-hmm. that you can start to instill. It is so practical. And that's one of the things I loved about it. I am one of those people, and you may know this because you know me a, a bit that, you know, I, I'm really good at like with the check sheets and following instructions and filling out charts and like, you know, to-do lists, like I love yes, a good plan. You are. <laughs> yes, you are. <laughs> but I love that you do equip us with so many ideas and, and strategies for working on these, um, all of these traits. We'll be right back after this quick break. This year, I've been working on becoming more attuned to my body. And so I'm starting to really recognize how periodic spikes in anxiety or disruptions to my routines can seriously throw my whole system off. And as I've been traveling a ton this past month, which is both disruptive and somewhat stressful, I'm especially glad that I have the extra support of Symbiotic Plus, a three-in-one supplement from Ritual with clinically studied prebiotics, probiotics, and a postbiotic to support a balanced gut microbiome. Symbiotic Plus provides fuel to the cells that make up the gut lining to support a healthy gut barrier. And it comes in this very cool minty delayed release capsule, which was specifically designed to help survive the harsh conditions of the upper GI tract for delivery to the colon. The bonus is that the capsules don't need to be refrigerated, so I can easily bring them with me in my carry-on. On a personal level, I love that Ritual is committed to sustainability. They're a female-founded B Corp, meaning they are holding themselves accountable long-term to not only think about their company's financial health, but also the health of people and our planet. There's no more shame in your gut game. Symbiotic Plus and Ritual are here to celebrate, not hide your insides. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com slash tilt. Start Ritual or add Symbiotic Plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash tilt for 25% off. So in our house these days, Darren and I have been working together to up-level our nutrition and healthy lifestyle habits. Maybe it's our age, our changing bodies, my shifting hormones, whatever the reason, I'm here for it. And that's why I'm loving Green Chef, a meal company that makes eating well easy with plans to fit every lifestyle. Green Chef offers gut-friendly recipes each week and is committed to providing a holistic approach to nutrition by offering meals that contribute to the overall well-being of your entire body. Darren and I are particularly big fans of their nutrient-dense, science-backed gut and brain health recipes, developed in partnership with registered dietitians that improve digestion, reduce bloat, and also boost energy and immunity. This week's favorites, turkey, black bean, and sweet potato chili, and the Baja chicken bowls with mango salsa. I mean, don't those sound delicious? 
But if that's not your thing, you can choose from a variety of customized meals to suit your lifestyles with preferences like keto, vegan, vegetarian, fast and fit, Mediterranean, gluten-free, and protein-packed. Whatever you choose, you'll get farm-fresh ingredients, organic whole fruits and veggies, and premium proteins, along with chef-crafted, nutritionist-approved recipes delivered straight to your door. Go to greenchef.com slash 60tilt and use code 60tilt to get 60% off plus 20% off your next two months. That's 60% off plus 20% off your next two months when you use the code 60tilt at greenchef.com slash 60tilt. Green Chef, the number one meal kit for eating well. And I'm wondering, do you have like a favorite of these um, these seven strengths? Is there any one that you feel like is a great place to start or that you think can pack the most punch? Yeah, pack the most punch. Being we're in a pandemic generation, I'd say hope. Mm. <laughs> because I think what happens is, is that when hope and optimism goes down, kids see the world as a mean and scary place. And there goes their strength reserve. And what are they seeing right now? The most dismal news you could possibly imagine. And if it's not a pandemic and it's not a capital rising, it's going to be something else along the way. Uh, We do know that hope also is one of the best ways to reduce depression and reduce anxiety. So maybe the simplest little thing you can do right now that I love is uh, helping your child see the good news. It's the Fred Rogers idea. (laughs) Look Mm -hmm. for the helpers instead of the bad stuff. Let's look for the news that's usually in the back pages hidden. You can uh, cut out that news that's fabulous. The best ones are also stories about real kids because that resonates with a child and inspires them. Paste them on just index cards. Put them on your, new, on your dining room table. And every night or right before your child goes to bed, review some of them. Thrivers has many stories about kids, but those resonated with me. Find the ones that resonate with your child. Even better, have your team find the story. Mom, I found one. And then sit down together because that's going to give hope. I wanted to ask you about the assessment with the character strengths. As I was going through that, um, (laughs) my hunch was I was thinking, hmm, I bet, you know, many of my listeners might go through this and score you know, their child quite low in a lot of these areas. Yes. And so do you have any thoughts for how a parent could feel more optimistic about their, their child's ability to develop these traits, even if it feels like, gosh, we are so far from where we want to go? Remember, step number one is no matter what you do with your child, I don't care if it's trying to help them learn to play uh, tennis, swim, color, you scaffold it. So where's the child at? And you gently, gently, gently take them up a notch. I always tell parents, think of a rubber band. Your goal is to gently stretch your child, but don't you dare snap them. And that means we've got to figure out where our child is, what their capabilities are, and keep on going. Second, one of the most amazing studies was uh, by just Grizel and Grizel. And what they did is look at 700 of the most highly gifted and talented individuals In our century, we're talking about the leaders of the world. One quarter of them would have been in a special education classroom. They were identified with learning disabilities. But what did they have? The gift of a parent who said, but here's what you're good at, sweetie pie. Go this way. I I was very concerned on how much the research was saying. Too often what we do as parents is focus on our kids' weaknesses. He's not so good at that area, so I got to get him good on that one. And we overlook the strength area which is where he's going to shine. Yes. Love that. And that is, you know, that's very much a part of 
what I talk a lot about is the strengths-based lens and and it sometimes can be hard to find those strengths, but it, it really is about helping our kids know themselves so well um, and understand who they are, what they need to move through the world so that they can create what they want. And that's where the, the I guess that is almost what resilience is, right? It is. It is. And maybe your first step that's the easiest one is just to pack an index card and a pencil with you for the next month and watch your kid. And every time you see where he's interested, what gives him joy, what is he working on that he doesn't want to quit? Sorry, mom, I can't go to dinner. I'm really on this. When you keep looking at those and writing them down without him noticing that you're doing so, mm-hmm. it, it'll be a, very often an aha moment. Then your next aha moment is, okay, now I've figured out this profile of this incredible child of mine. Who am I going to pass it on to? Mm-hmm. We overwhelm ourselves trying to do this all ourselves. Well, he's got other caregivers in his life who adore him, the grandparent, the other partner, the the aunt and uncle, the teacher. The more we partner together, and at least with somebody who's your child's champion, the more likely your child is going to be reinforced for that trait. And there goes another ability to stretch him. Right. Yeah, I really loved, I I printed out um, the assessment. I think it's available for people who want to check it out. And um, it's was so insightful because it, you know, so many of us are taking assessments all the time for an IEP meeting for, you know, an intake for other assessments. And they tend to focus on the trouble areas, the challenging areas. And so to take this and really think about all these different types of strengths, not just kind of creativity and, you know, they're all these little buckets. It was so interesting to me oh, to recognize. I'm so glad. The, uh, you know, because the other thing we seem to do is that we put all our time and energy into the GPA and the test score. Mm-hmm. That's one element of your child. And we overlook the whole kid of who this child is, this incredible human being that we're going to help. And I, I love that when I heard from the kids, it's like raises for who we are, not for what you want us to be. Yeah. That's a great takeaway for a parent. A hundred percent. And we know that these kids, their success and ability to live self-fulfilled lives is going to be finding work and finding a way to to move yes. through the world where they can really lean into those strengths. So to help them discover them and, and grow them is so important. So let's just talk about the pandemic for a few minutes, um, a little more specifically, because I think, again, I've said a couple of times, I think your book is so critical right now. We are so concerned, right? And we've talked about this offline as well, just what our kids are experiencing. What does this mean for them? How is it going to change them? And I'm just wondering, you know, what insight or advice you have right now for parents who are who are kind of going to that despair place and aren't sure if their kids are going to be able to come out the other end uh, of all of this with their mental, emotional well-being intact? Uh, I think the, the most important piece of advice I learned from working in war zones, and I point blank asked some kids, how did you make it through? Unbelievable horrors. I mean, unbelievable. If you imagine going through a war. And the, the best takeaway that I kept getting was, that my parents just were always calm. It's like during the blitz, I remember interviewing a journalist and I asked her, how did you get through nightly bombings like that? And she said, I don't know, but for some reason, 
I don't remember the bombings. I remember my grandparents pulling the blinds. So there was a blackout and we play ring around the rosy and sing games all night. They were calm. So the first thing is we've got to stay calm and take care of ourselves because that mirrors down to our children. Second of all, we've got to realize I've got three kids. They're a different as night and day. Watch each child because each is going to respond a little differently. We do know children who had pre-existing issues. If they were fearful before the pandemic, if they had stress before the pandemic, it only amplifies. So here's your, if there's a silver lining, moment to tune into your child and say, this is a problem. So how am I going to help remediate that particular issue? Every child needs to feel safe. They need to feel accepted and they need to be in an environment that has trust. That means us. So I think that's your reoccurring little, we're going to get through this. We're okay. Find soothing activities. And what I learned from Emmy Werner's research on resilience was mind boggling. The children who had the adversity who overcame first had something to go to in its place. For instance, hobbies kept coming up over and over again. I'd go read or I'd go do woodwork or we'd do puzzles. Uh, Ruby Bridges, unbelievable, that child who endured every day going into a, a school during desegregation all by herself with angry mobs screaming and screaming and yelling at her all by herself as the only black child who had to be in a first grade classroom alone because nobody else would allow their children to be in the class. How did you survive it? Well, I prayed because that's what my mother taught me to do. We need to teach our kids some kind of coping skill, not through the pandemic but also starting here that they're going to use the rest of their lives because let us know it is an uncertain world that will continue. Yes, this is true. And I I think about this too, as we come out of this and, you know, vaccinations are, are, are more widely distributed and we kind of start to resume normalcy. I think it's also important for us to, to know that it's not going to be a snap of the fingers and our kids are going to bounce right back. Like they're going to need ongoing support and coping strategies and tools to reintegrate. Right. Well, I think you've got, we've got immunization against the pandemic. Now we need to immunization, immunize our kids against stress. Mm-hmm. What are you going to do to teach your child how to cope? Because every time you turn on the TV, it's something else. There's some unpredictable event. Unpredictability continues to boost the stress. So your first thing, if, if a family, if you could do one thing just for the next two weeks, watch your child and every other family member and figure out how they respond to stress because it's different for each one. And then acknowledge it. It's not a time out. It's a time in. I notice that every time you get a little stressed, you, you're the one that has your hand in a fist, or you're the one that starts to move your feet back and forth. You're the one that starts to do that rapid breathing. Have you noticed that's what you do? They'll start pointing out your stress. Mm -hmm. Have you noticed mom, you do that weird thing with your eyes? (laughs) How great it is that we all start acknowledging each other. Mm -hmm. And then the, I think a wonderful next step is, so what are we going to do about it? Now that we know, or we can point our signs out to each other, because that's that strength of self-control. Now what you could do maybe is put together in your house a calm down corner and your kids can help you build it. It's nothing you have to buy. It's maybe the the beanbag chairs or the pillows in a corner. And then you ask each child, what do you need? One kid will say, I I, I love books. That's what I need to go back. Okay, then stock it with books. One kid, a, a child told me, a teen, I just load my iPad with music. And I love it. She told me that, 
My generation was far better because we have less beats in our music. So I loaded with your kind of music. I don't know. We finally got some credit for something because it helps me soothe. Bubble blowers for some kids, it makes no difference. But what will happen is when your child needs to really calm down, set up a calm down, just signal in your family, in your family, like an umpire signal. Don't say a thing because some kids are verbal and they'll whip you down. But that means I need space. You use it as well. Go to the calm down corner reduce the stress. And pretty soon after the pandemic, you can make sure that each child has one of those in their own bedroom, a place where we can all just de-stress and relax. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's great. Great advice. We'll be right back after this quick break. Hey there, it's Debbie. I love making this show and sharing conversations about how to support our awesome neurodivergent kids. I've seen how even one little insight from an interview can spark a big shift in daily life. But I know that raising complex kids can be messy and lonely. And just when we think we figured it out, something comes up that boots us right back to feeling overwhelmed and stuck. That's why I've poured everything into creating a way for parents like us navigating complex parenting journeys to join together and chart a path that feels positive, hopeful, and doable. It's the brand new Differently Wired Club experience. In the club, you'll get personal support from me and other seasoned parent coaches, six live calls every month where you can connect and get your personal questions answered, the opportunity to learn directly from authors and experts like I have on this show, monthly themes for getting specific and tactical, an exclusive private podcast feed, and the best, most generous community of parents. Seriously, these folks show up for themselves and each other, and that right there is really everything. Because it's a daily reminder that we're not alone. Our kids aren't broken, and we have totally got this. The recently rebooted Differently Wired Club is on a brand new platform with its very own iOS and Android app. It is such a great space. However you learn, whatever your style, no matter the ages, genders, and neurodivergent profile of your children, the Differently Wired Club can help you cultivate the positive shifts you're hoping for. Join us today by going to tiltparenting.com slash club. That's tiltparenting.com slash club. I hope to see you on the inside. Hi there, I'm Andrea Owen, self-help author with 19 translations of my books, global keynote speaker, and life coach. My podcast, Make Some Noise, has been serving up self-help in a simple-to-digest way for the last decade. The topics brought in each episode are practical and easy to implement around topics such as working through fears that keep you stuck, different modalities of therapy, managing your negative self-talk, and more. We bring you guest experts, solo episodes, and I even coach listeners on the air around relatable struggles. I also do my best to weave my sense of humor into some heavy topics because let's face it, life can be pretty hard and it's so much better when we can have some fun while walking through our challenges. Whether you're seasoned in personal development or just starting out, Make Some Noise podcast will help you become the best version of yourself, the person you're proud of when you look in the mirror and show up in your life. Simply search Make Some Noise with Andrea Owen wherever you listen to your podcasts. So there's a quote that I that I pulled out from your book that I loved. It says, a thrivers feel we've got this. They meet the world on their own terms because they know they can control their own destiny. And so they keep trying despite challenges and are more likely to rebound from those challenges and overcome adversity with confidence. And 
I just read that. I'm like, this is what we want for our kids. And yeah. this is, you know, to really feel equipped to launch, to, to be self-actualized adults. So just as a, maybe as a way of wrapping up for parents who crave this and who feel like this, I don't know that this is possible. How do I get from where I am to, to where I'm going? What, what is one thing that they can start with even today, right when they're done listening to this podcast? How can they begin to develop this? Baby steps. The first thing is you will never be able to make a change in no matter what you try unless you buy into the fact that thrivers are made, not born. Once you realize you have power and control over this, mom and dad, it means you're going to change your whole parenting outlook because you realize, my gosh, what a gift I can give my child. The greatest gift because he's going to use this the rest of his life. Read the book or start looking at research or start talking to other people about thriving. That's really what we're all about. And when we do that, I think that's how we're going to make the major difference in our kids' lives. Little baby steps. And I would also say too, and I'd love your thoughts on this, you know, I believe so deeply that every challenging situation we have with our child and however challenging it may feel to us as well is an opportunity. Like there is learning in all of it. And so, you know, leaning in, right. Leaning into all of it. Yes. Yes. I'm so with you. I think the other thing is we're so lonely trying to do all this ourselves Find one person who you can Zoom with or you can start a little book discussion with or you can just talk about it because the more you get feedback with one another, what you'll see is I'm not alone. She may be doing it slightly different than me and so what? You're not going to tailor it to Mrs. Jones next door. You're tailoring everything to your child, but you just keep taking little steps along the way and that's what we'll do and that's what we've got to do. Because that's how we're going to raise a generation of kids who can thrive and not just struggle. Because this is a new world for them and for all of us. I love that you offer so much hope. And I I just hope that listeners are feeling that as well. Again, I think that many parents with differently wired kids, we feel like this is not going to work for our kids. And, And I'm here to say, I dispute that deeply. And I think this is possible, very much possible. This is work that we we as parents can do. We can show up for our kids and they can become resilient. It's really about them understanding who they are and us really respecting who they are, right? Oh, I love that. I think that's exactly it. Tap into who your child is because that's how we make a major difference in their lives. And I am convinced on this only because I've had the joy of working with so many kids who over the years, overcame. I remember a severe learning disability kid. I kept tracking him and tracking him. And Scott, what happened to Scott 30 years later? The quietest kid in my classroom is now a DA in Florida. Go figure. I went, how could that be? Um, Another one, Donnie. I remember asking another kid every time I was on the Today Show, one of these kids would call up 30 years later and go, hey, Ms. Borba, how you doing? Donnie, what are you doing? This is a kid who never ever shut up. You know, he's one of the classic, put a bandaid on him. He was on his mouth. He was just wonderful. What is he doing right now? He's a DJ. Oh, and oh my God, how <laughs> great is that? Perfect. There's so many stories about those kids when you track them later on, but the commonality they had is a parent who went with their strengths and figured out who the child is and mm. never gave up on that child. It's so good. Thank you. Well, listen, Michelle, thank you, first of all, for writing this book for um, 
even though you swore off writing yet another book, because again, your body of work and listeners definitely check out the show notes. I'll have links to all of Michelle's books in there and you should check them out. They're powerful. They're relatable. Your writing style is super accessible and just warm. Um, You feel like you're having a chat over coffee with someone that you really want to hang out with. So definitely check that out. But is there a place where listeners can learn more about your work or connect with you? Oh, thank you. My website, michelleborba.com. It has uh, all links to today's show segments, but also little three-minute clips on how to raise thrivers. Everything is there. There's also a book discussion guide, a PDFs. Just download anything and everything. Uh, I'm a 1L Michelle. That's all you need to remember. Michelle Borba. <laughs> Excellent. That's an important distinction. All right. Well, Michelle, thank you so much for swinging by the podcast and sharing your brilliance with us today. I really appreciate it. Thank you. You've been listening to the Tilt Parenting Podcast. For the show notes for this episode, visit tiltparenting.com slash podcast and search for this conversation. If you like what you heard on today's episode, I would be grateful if you could take a minute to head over to Apple Podcasts and leave a rating or a review. Thank you so much for helping us stay visible so people who would benefit from the show can easily find it. If you want to support the show and help me cover the cost of production, please consider joining my Patreon campaign. To support the show, just visit patreon.com slash Tilt Parenting. Lastly, if you aren't already part of the online community at Tilt, I invite you to sign up at tiltparenting.com on the box in the bottom where it says join the revolution. Every Thursday, I send out a short email with a quick note from me, a link to that week's podcast episode, and links to five stories from the news that week that are relevant to parents like us. Again, you can sign up and learn more about Tilt at www.tiltparenting.com. When it comes to raising kids, there's so much to consider. Things like, what do we feed them? When do we feed them? How do they sleep? What does it look like to raise kind kids? How does their nervous system work? How do I keep myself calm? What are my triggers? There's so much that comes into play. And we are distilling all of that information for you at Voices of Your Village podcast, where we bring experts in the field of early childhood and education and psychology and across the board so that you don't have to comb the internet for information. You get to show up and hang out and have shame-free, judgment-free conversations and insights into what it looks like to raise kind, empathetic, emotionally intelligent humans. I'm Alyssa Blask Campbell. I have a master's degree in early childhood education. I'm a mom of two, and I am walking this journey right alongside you doing this work. Come hang out with me at Voices of Your Village, and we can dive into real conversations with actionable tips.